Shalom to all. Today's off is Erevin Daf Peiches. We are starting six lines from the top at the beginning of the line. Today's off is sponsored B'schos Tzvi Yitzchak Ben Chaya and Hachama Basya Bas Rachel. Hashem should grant them Zera Shel Kayama, Zara Dila Yif Saik V'dila Yif Tome Pizgami Ayraisa. Now we've been discussing a porch over a body of water and the permissibility of drawing water through a hole in the floor if it's surrounded with mechitzas. And the Gemara says, Amar Abar Avuna, Loishanu, this is only taught El Lamalis, if you want to draw water up onto your porch. Avalishbech, but if you want to pour water off of your porch through this little contraption, Usr, that would be Usr. Maskeflar of Shizbi, Rav Shizbi asks, Why is this different than the case of an Uka? And now the Uka is going to be featured throughout the Gemara, so let's pay attention. An Uka is a hole or a pit in a chatzar which the residents pour their wastewater into. A standard person generates two sa'a of wastewater daily, and therefore this uka holds two sa'a. Now the Mishnah near the bottom of this umma tells us that a chatzar smaller than 4x4 four four amas has to have an uka in it to allow wastewater to be poured out on Shabbos. And we're going to understand this in greater detail in a bit. But now, here's the question. Even if this uka is full already, and anything that's poured into it is just going to run off into the Rosh Hashanah, nonetheless, it's still mutter to pour your water out into this uka. So the question we're asking in our Gemara is that if we're allowed to pour water into this uka, knowing that it's going to flow into the Rosh Hashanah, why is this case not okay? Why are we not allowed to pour water out through this contraption in the porch for it to go into the body of water underneath and then flow onwards? What's the difference between these two cases? So the more answer is honey time, even honey light time. These are going to be absorbed and these are not going to be absorbed into the ground. Now, what does that mean? When we pour water into this uka, the whole intention is for it to be absorbed into the uka, and therefore, even if it's not and it's going to end up flowing to the Rosh Rabbim, we say, His intention wasn't carried out because he never intended for it to flow into the Rosh Rabbim, therefore, it's not usher. However, over here, when he's pouring his water through his contraption, his intention is for his water to be out of his porch and for it to flow downstream, and therefore, it's going to be usher. And we're going to see later on the exact details of this uka case. And pouring water into it. And the Gemara says, Ikadamri, some say, Don't say that filling up your bucket from this contraption onto your porch is permitted, and it's usher to pour it out. It's mutter even to pour your water out through this contraption into the body of water underneath the porch. Amr of Shizbi, Pshita, isn't that obvious? That's the same case as the Uka. So, you know, Maldatami, you might have thought, In the case of the Chatzar, it's meant to be absorbed into the ground, and therefore you had no intention for it to flow onto the Rishas Rabbim. Whereas over here, your intention was for it to be picked up with the current of the water and flow onward and therefore might be usher. Kamash Malan, the Chiddush is, it's not usher and you're even allowed to pour your wastewater out through your contraption on your porch and have it fall into the body of water underneath. And we continue explaining the Mishnah, if we have two porches, one on top of another, not directly on top of each other, but they're staggered, and the upper one has this mechitza, this contraption of tent fachim, allowing it to draw water from the body of water underneath it. We had said that neither of them are allowed to use this unless they make an Erev. And the Gemara says, Amar Afuna Amarav, that's only if they're near each other. If they're far away from each other, then the upper one is allowed to use it. For and he's consistent with his sheet to the Amarav, he says, A person can't ask for his friend if his only access to him is by its airspace, is by throwing something. And we had already said that the lower porch has to throw their bucket into the upper one, and that's considered derech avir, and that's not going to asser if they didn't make an Erev. And now we're related halacha. Amar Rabbah, Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rabbi Shaya, Yesh Gazel Shabbos, there is the concept of stealing something on Shabbos, v'churva machs re'lbailim, and a churva will return it to its owners. Now what's going on over here? Just like when one steals an object, it becomes his halachically to some extent, so too with a chatzar. The scenario being described here, at least in the Havamina, is as follows. Reuven lives next to a churva that belongs to Shimon. Reuven uses it during the week without Shimon's permission. So he has quote-unquote acquired it through stealing, and it's considered his in as much that he does not need to make an Erev to permit carrying there on Shabbos, whereas Shimon would have to. And that's the understanding of the first line, Yesh Gezel B'Shabbos. 
he has quote-unquote stolen use of this churva in regards to Shabbos, meaning he does not need to make an Erev. And the continuation of this, means that the churva has to be returned to its owner, and Ruvain, the one who's been using it illegally throughout the week, actually needs to make an Erev. So the Gemara says, Hagufa Kasha. This itself is a stira. Armit, you just said in the beginning, Yesh Gezel Shabbos, that there's this concept of stealing on Shabbos. Alma Kanya, that means he's acquired the right of usage, that means that Ruvain does not have to make an Erev. And then we said, that this churva has to be returned to the owner, that means that you did not acquire the right of usage and you have to make an Erev because you have to return this churva to its owner. It really belongs to him. It belongs to Shemin. So it's a stira. What exactly is going on between the Rish and the Seifa? The Gemara answers, this is really what's being said. There is this din of stealing on Shabbos, meaning you stole this churva and you're not allowed to use it and you have to return it. Ketzad, how do you return it? Or what's the practical application of the necessity of you returning it? The churva, this churva has to be given back to the Bailim, meaning you would have to make an Erev with the Bailim if you would like to use it. We're going to ask on this from our Mishnah. We have this case of two porches, one on top of another, and we had said that if we have the Mechitza in the upper one, none of the porches are allowed to use this to draw water from the body of water underneath unless they make an Erev together. And here's the question. And if you're going to say that we have this concept of Gezlan Shabbos, meaning even if someone was using something illegally, he was not allowed to use it, that does not make it his, and it really belongs to the original owner, Amaya Suras. Why are they not allowed to draw water from it? Meaning, why is the upper one, the one that has this mechitza, not allowed to draw water from it? Because right now, our assumption is, is that the lower one was using it without Rishos, and that gives them this Kenyan Gzela, and they have some sort of rights to it, and that's why they need to make an Erev. But if we're saying that there's a din of Gezel B'Shabbos, and it's not considered like they have any rights of usage, so why do they asser the upper one from using it without making an Erev? So Rav Shesha, Rav Shesha says that we have this case wrong. What are we talking about over here? When they made this little contraption in the upper porch, they did it They all gathered together to do it, so they actually had a real halachic right of usage there. So the Gemara asks, Even if the bottom one had made their own contraption, it should still be usher for the upper one to use their contraption, because the lower one still has rights of usage there. And we know that if they each have their own contraptions, obviously they're allowed to use them. So the Gemara answers, No. Since they made this little contraption for the bottom one also, they have revealed that what they really would like that I, with you, it's not pleasant for me. Meaning the bottom one is showing that they do not want to use the upper one's contraption by making their own contraption. So even though they did chip in to make the contraption of the upper one, they're showing they don't want to use it anymore. And it's considered like two separate issues and no one needs to make an error of. Now this Mishnah Gemara is going to be talking about Shoifchin, wastewater, and when it's permissible to pour it out on Shabbos. Now in general, this water isn't allowed to be poured out, even if it's done in a chatzar, if it's going to run off into the Rosh Hashanah That's because we're afraid that people in the Rosh Hashanah are going to see water coming out of this person's chatzar and think that he poured it directly into the Rosh Hashanah resulting in them doing the same. And that would be a real answer, because that's direct Haitzah from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah Now the basic rule is that if this water has the ability to be absorbed into the ground before flows into the Rosh Hashanah and your intent was not to pour it into the Rosh Hashanah then even if it will eventually go into the Rosh Hashanah it's still permitted and a few examples of this is let's say the Chatzar is four Amis then we're going to allow the water to be poured directly into it because all the water should be absorbed within that four Amis if the Chatzar isn't four Amis then it needs an Uka that we've already spoken about that can hold two saw of water and we're going to discover many more details and nuances along the way of this Sogya so the Mishnah says Chatzar Shibachus Merab Amis we have a Chatzar that's less than four Amis you're not allowed to pour water into it on Shabbos. 
Elam can also lo uka unless they made this uka for it. Machzekes asayim. It has to hold two saw of water min hanekev ulamata from the overflow hole and below. Just like in the top of your bathtub and sink, you have that little hole that prevents overflow and prevents all the water from flooding your house. So too, these pits, this uka has some sort of overflow hole. It has to hold two saw of water underneath that hole. Continues the Mishnah, whether you're making this uka outside of the chatzor or you're making it inside the chatzor, if it's on the outside of the chatzor, then it needs to have some sort of covering over it. you got to put some boards over it. Rashi explains that's because it retains its status as a makam patur with these boards over it. And then you're pouring water from your chatzor into this makam patur. And the Mishnah discuss how exactly it retains its status as a makam patur and what these boards do. When the Mishnah continues, but if you're going to make it inside your chatzor, it does not need to have this little roof, it doesn't need to have this covering over it. And Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov Eimer, he teaches us another case. Biv, a drain pipe. And this is not like the drain pipe that we have nowadays, which is usually made out of PVC or some sort of material. It's more like a gutter that was dug into the ground that wastewater was poured into it, and it would carry it away from where it was poured. Shehu kamor arba amas. This drain pipe was covered for amas. Bir shusarabim in the shusarabim. Shevchen soichemayim b'shabes. You're allowed to pour water into it on Shabbos. They say afilu gaga chatzor mea ama. Even if we have a roof or chatzor that's a hundred amas long. You're not allowed to pour the wastewater directly into this drain pipe. You're allowed to pour it onto the roof. And then the water is going to drain into the drain pipe that's on the roof. And then it's going to flow outwards. And we're going to discuss exactly what the Machleka says. Now the beginning of our Mishnah taught us that we have a chatzor that's four amas and we're allowed to pour wastewater directly into it. Now the Mishnah says if we have a chatzor and a pergola area together they can combine for the shear of four amas. Also if we have two dutais, which are upper levels, it's like a porch area, they're facing each other and they're in the same chatzar. One of them made a uka in the chatzar, one of them didn't. The one that made the uka, they're allowed to pour their water into it. The ones that did not make the uka, they are not allowed to pour their water into it. And the Gemara is going to explain what the difference is. And now the Gemara is going to bring two different opinions of what exactly the shear of four amas is in a chatzar. My time, why is it that if it's less than four amas, then we have to have a uka, and if it's more than four amas, then we don't have to have a uka? He says, A person generates two saw of wastewater every single day. If this chatzor is four by four amas, a person would like to sprinkle this water to keep the dust down in his chatzor. Right now his chatzor is something chash if it's four by four amas, and he would like to sprinkle it in the chatzor. That means he wants the water to stay inside the chatzor. He doesn't want it to go out of the chatzor. If it's less than four by four amas, then he just wants to spill them out because this is not considered a chash area for him, and he's not really interested in keeping the dust down. He just wants to spell them out of the chatzar. So therefore, either of it, Uka, if he ended up making this Uka, Shari would be permitted to pour water into it, even if it's going to end up flowing out into the Shusrabim. We already said, he didn't have intent for it to go into the Shusrabim. He wanted it to stay in the chatzar. Eli, however, if he did not make an Uka, Asr, then it would be Asr, because then he knows it's going to flow directly into the Shusrabim, and that's a problem. Reb Ramar, he argues with Rabbah, Dalad Amis, if we have four Amis of area, timey, then the water is going to be absorbed inside the chatzar, and it's not going to flow out into the Shusrabim. If there's less than four amas, then it's not going to be absorbed and we know it's going to go out into the Rishos Rabbim. So the Gemara asks, my benayo, what's the difference between these two opinions? Amar he answers, If it's long and narrow, that's a difference. According to Rabbah, it would be usher to pour your water out. Even though we have 16 amas of surface area, that doesn't make a difference. It's not considered a chash of enough area since it's not four by four, it's eight by two, and you're not going to want to sprinkle your water there. You just
just want to pour it out into the Rosh Hashanah. Therefore, you would have to have a Uka, even though it's technically 16 square Amas. Whereas according to Rav Zera, since there's 16 Amas of surface area, and all we need to have is the water being absorbed into this area, then it would be okay, and you would not need to make an Uka in this area. Tanan, it says in our Mishnah, we can have a Chatzar and a Pergola area, and that can combine to the Dalad Amas. According to Rav Zera, this makes sense, that as long as we have a combined surface area of 16 Amas, so then we don't need to have a Uka. According to Rabbah, this is problematic because we're assuming right now that when we're combining this Chatzar and Achsadra, it's not 4 by 4 So the Gemara says, Tirgmar Rabzeira, Aliba de Rabbah, Rabzeira himself answered for Rabbah, we're talking about Achsadra that goes across the entire Chatzar. The Chatzar itself was 4 Amas by 2 Amas, and this Achsadra was also 4 Amas by 2 Amas, so now we have a total of 4 by 4 Amas, so it makes sense even according to Rabbah. And now the Gemara tries to bring a Raya Tashma. Chatzar she'en badalad Amas adalad Amas, we have a Chatzar that's not 4 by 4 Amas. You're not to pour water into it on Shabbos. According to Rabbah, this makes sense. We see a clear shear of four by four amas. According to Rabzera, it's problematic because even according to Rabzera, if it's not four by four, it could be eight by two, for example, and that would still be okay to pour water into it on Shabbos. Rabzera will tell you how many Rabbanan he. That price is according to the Rabbanan. Our mission is Rabbalazar ben Yaakov. But now we ask, what exactly pressured Rabzera to establish our mission like Rabbalazar ben Yaakov? And not like the Chachamim. Amar Rav Ravel explains, Masisin Kashisei Reb Zera was bothered by something in our Mishnah. My area to Tani Chatzar Shehipachusa. Why do we describe a Chatzar that is less than four Amas? Listening, we should have just said, like the Brayshus said, Chatzar Sheinba Dalad Amas Al Dalad Amas, a Chatzar that does not have four by four. But we didn't say that. We just said it's less than four. El Olav Shmami Nadar Belazer Ben Yaakov. It must be that our Mishnah is like the Rebbe Belazer Ben Yaakov and not like the Chachamim. That as long as we have sixteen square Amas of surface area, that's okay and it doesn't need to be four by four. Shmami, no, we see our Mishnah is like Rebbe Belazer. The Gemara asks, "Why would the Sefer Blessed Ben Yaakov Reish Alav Blessed Ben Yaakov? If the Sefer of the Mishnah is Blessed Ben Yaakov, so the Reish is not like him." So the Gemara answers, "No, Kula Blessed Ben Yaakov. He the whole Mishnah is Blessed Ben Yaakov." Mechzura, Mechzura, and we're missing something. Vachikdani, and this is really the way it should be taught. Chatzur Shibachus Midalad Amos, a Chatzur which is less than four Amos, meaning it doesn't have sixteen Amos of surface area. Ain Shayfchin Seichamayim B'Shabbos. You're not allowed to pour water into it on Shabbos. Ha Dalad Amos, but if it was Dalad Amos, Shayfchin, you'd be allowed to pour into it. Shayfchin, Blessed Ben Yaakov Omer, because he says Biv Hakam or Dalad Amos. If we have a drain pipe which is covered the first four amas in Rosh Hashanah, you're allowed to pour water into it on Shabbos because four amas of drain pipe means we have enough surface area for the water to be absorbed. And even if it continues flowing out into the Rosh Hashanah, that was never your intent, so therefore there's no problem. And we continue explaining the Mishnah of Blessed Yaakov Emer Biv HaKamur, and the Chalm argued with him, and they said, You're not allowed to pour water directly into a drain pipe, but you are allowed to pour it onto a roof, and then it's going to flow into the drain pipe, and then it's going to flow out into the Rosh Hashanah. And the Gemara says, Masisin like Hananya, Armish is not like Hananya, the Tanya, we have a he says, If we have a roof that's a hundred amas, you're not to pour water anywhere on this roof. Because the purpose of the roof is not to absorb the water. It just is meant to help it flow into the drain pipe and then out into the Shusarabim. So therefore, you're not allowed to pour water anywhere on the roof. Whereas even according to the Chamim, you're allowed to pour it onto the roof and then it flows into the drain pipe. And now the Gemara goes back to the discussion of when you need a uka. When was this taught? When we're talking about the summer months, when it's dry and you don't want to pour water into your you want it to flow out of your chutzr. Therefore, you have to have an uka. When we're talking about the winter months, it's rainy and your chutzr is muddy anyway. You're allowed to pour and repeat the inner nimna, and you don't have to hold back. You're allowed to pour as much water as you want directly into your chutzr. My time, why is that? He explains, You want the water to be absorbed exactly where it is. You don't care for it to run out of your chutzr because your chutzr is muddy anyway from all the rain. Therefore, you're allowed to pour it into your chutzr directly, even though it's not for Amas. Amr asks him, 
then what about wastewater that you're pouring out to other shivlu that you want it to be absorbed into the ground? Vikatani, and we learned in our Mishnah, that you're not allowed to pour it out into a biv, even if it's covered over. That was the Chum's opinion. Amalei Rava answered him, Over there, what exactly are we going to be worried about, meaning during the winter months? If it's because he's going to mess up his chatzar, so we're afraid that he's going to end up pouring it out into the Rosh Hashanah, it's already messed up from all of the rain and all the dirt. It's already muddy. And if it's because maybe we should make a gzera that other people are going to see his sinar, his pipe, his drain pipe flowing with water, and they're going to think that he poured it directly into the Rosh Hashanah and that's how we should prevent him from pouring it into his chatzar during the winter months. That's not a problem also because stam sinars, him, a regular standard drain pipe is going to always be flowing with water during the winter months even when it's not raining because there's always runoff and there's always drainage from other places that's getting caught up in this drain pipe and so therefore it's always going to be flowing with water and no one's going to suspect that he poured his water directly into that drain pipe and therefore they're not going to learn from there that they're allowed to pour directly into the Rishas Rabbim either. And a little bit more about this Uka. Amrav Nachman, we must have Gashamim during the winter months. Uka Machsak Susayim, Naisal Susayim. If this Uka can hold two saw, you're allowed to pour two saw into it. Machsak saw, if it can only hold one saw, Naisal saw, you're only allowed to pour one saw into it. Maisachama, if it's the summer months and it's dry, Machsak Susayim, if it holds two saw, Naisal Susayim, then you're allowed to pour two saw of water into it. Saw, if it only holds one saw, ain't Naisal Laisal Iker, you're not allowed to pour any water into it. The Gemara immediately asks, Maisachama Nami, Machsak saw, Naisal saw, even during the summer months. If it holds a saw, we should be allowed to pour a saw into it. The Gemara answers, We're afraid that you're going to end up pouring two saw into it, then it's going to flow out into the Shusarabim, and then we're going to run into issues. The Gemara asks, If so, that we're afraid of that, we should also make Zera and Maisagashamim during the winter months, that if we have a uka that holds one saw, you're not allowed to pour anything into it, because if we allow you to pour one saw, you might end up pouring two saws. So the Gemara answers, No, what should we be suspect of over there? If we're afraid that he doesn't want his chats to be messed up, so therefore he's going to end up pouring it out into the Shusarabim, Hamikakal of it already is all dirty and muddy from all the rain. And if it's because we're afraid that other people are going to see water coming out and they're going to say, oh, he poured water directly into his drain pipe and they're going to do the same. We already said that a regular standard drain pipe during the winter is always flowing with water and no one's going to think that. And Amar Abayi says, that means that during the winter months, you should even be allowed to pour out a quart or two quart worth of water, which is an incredible amount of water. And that's because no one's going to suspect that you poured it directly out into the Shusarabim. They're just going to think it's regular standard runoff from the drain pipes. And the Gemara explains the last part of the Mishnah. We had said, If we have two upper levels that are facing each other, one of them made a uka, one of them didn't, only one that made the uka is allowed to use it. And Amar Rava, he explains, that's even if these two porches made an erv together, so they're allowed to use the chatzar together, nonetheless, only the one that made the uka is allowed to use it and not the other one. Amar Abayi says, My time, why is that? Even if you want to say, Because there's too much water being poured out, because we only have one uka and we have two people using it. That means that one uka that holds two saw is going to have four saw poured into it. And that's the problem. But Tanya, we have a brass that teaches not like that. Achsli uka, whether we're talking about uka of Achsli Gistra, whether we're talking about a vessel which is split in half, its only use is to pour wastewater into it. Brecha, or a wide pool, which was usually used to raise fish, but in this scenario, we're using it to pour wastewater into it. By Reva or a small boat. Also, it's being used for wastewater storage. Even though it was already full of water on Erev Shabbos, you're allowed to pour water into it on Shabbos. So it doesn't really make a difference if there's more water poured into it than it can actually hold. So we answer, You're right, this is really what Rava had said. Amar Rava, he said, This is only taught, 
Erevu. If they did not make an Erev, Aval Erevu, if they joined an Erev, Mutarin, then even the people that did not make an Uka are allowed to pour water into it. If they didn't make an Erev, who cares? Why are they not allowed to join in? What's the issue? Amravashi Yavashi answers, Gzera, we have to make Gzera, Dilma Asi Lafukami Mani, Dibatem Lahasam. We're afraid they're going to end up taking out their wastewater in their Kalim and pouring it out directly in the Chatzar. What's the problem? We're afraid if we allow them to pour their wastewater into the Uka from their house, they might carry it out into the Chatzar to pour it out, and that's Asr because they never joined in the Erev. Therefore, they're not allowed to use the Uka at all. Hajunach Ketzim Shtatvin, Mazdor for finishing the eighth parak of Erevin, we should be Zechir to finish all of Erevin together, and of course, all of Shas together. Everyone should have a wonderful day.